Hello, you're listening to a Zen Studies Society podcast. To learn more about our community of Zen Buddhist practitioners, please visit zenstudies.org. The Book of Rinzai, Chapter 11. The Master addressed the monks, saying, Nowadays, those of you who practice Buddha Dharma need to have true insight. If you have true insight, you will no longer be affected by considerations of life and death, and you will be free to go or stay. You don't have to strive for benefits. Benefits will come by themselves. Followers of the way, Outstanding ancient teachers all had their own methods to liberate people. What I myself want to impress upon you is that you must not be led astray by others. If you want to act, just act. Don't ever be intimidated. You students nowadays don't get it. What is the disease? The disease is a lack of faith in yourself. If you don't have faith in yourself, you will keep on wandering in confusion. No matter what the circumstances, you will be controlled and led around by others. You will never find freedom like that. But if you can just stop your continuously seeking mind, then there will be no difference between you and the Buddhas and patriarchs. Would you like to know the Buddhas and patriarchs? They are none other than those of you who are now in front of me, listening to the Dharma. Because you students of Dharma don't have enough confidence in yourselves, you search outwardly. Even if you find something through seeking externally, that something is merely words and phrases you will never get the marrow of the patriarchs that way. Because you students of Dharma don't have enough confidence in yourselves, you search outwardly. Make no mistake, virtuous Zen students. If you don't realize this right now, you will transmigrate in the three realms for 10,000 kalpas and thousands of lives, led by your preferences for this or that, and find yourselves reborn as a donkey or a cow. Followers of the way, as I see it, we are no different from Shakyamuni. Is there anything you lack in your everyday activities? The rays of divine light never cease shining.
If you can understand in this way, then you'll just be a person who has nothing to do the rest of your life. Fellow believers, there is no safety in the threefold world. It is like a burning house. This is no place for you to linger long. The deadly demon of impermanence will be on you in an instant, whether you are rich or poor, old or young. If you want to be no different from the patriarchs and Buddhas, then never look for something outside yourselves. The clean, pure light in a moment of your mind. That is the essence body of the Buddha inside you. The undifferentiated light in a moment of your mind. That is the bliss body of the Buddha inside you. The undiscriminating light in a moment of your mind. That is the transformation body of the Buddha inside you. These three wondrous bodies are you, the person listening to this Dharma talk. And simply because you do not rush around looking for anything outside yourself, you can command these fine bodies. Good afternoon. So today, the start of session. The start of session is always a rocky time for most students. It's hard to break out of the usual daily routine and to sit and sit to be quiet many people find themselves being very sleepy on the first day of session very common and i'm sorry to say this talk is probably not going to wake you up, but bear with me anyway. In the book of Rinzai, most of you are familiar with the figure of Rinzai, Gigan Zenji, Linji in Chinese. He lived in Tang Dynasty China, as many of our outstanding ancient ancestors 
did. And it was a tough time to be a Buddhist. It was a time of a decline in the Tang Dynasty, many wars, and the emperor, Wu Yang, was not reliable, not stable, not a very stable genius. He had more or less bankrupted the nation, fighting wars, particularly a war with a, a group that even today you hear about in the news, the Uyghur people, who are now being persecuted by the Chinese communist government. The country was in tatters. The economy was rocky. The state's treasury was depleted. And they had an unstable emperor. And along those lines, trying to shore up the state's treasury, trying to whip up a sense of nationalism, the emperor more or less declared war on Buddhism. And the year advisors who told him that the monastery system, the Buddhist monastery system was injurious to the Confucian principles upon which Chinese society was based. Those principles were very much centered on proper relationships, the proper relationship between a son or daughter and their parent, father or mother, the proper relationship between subject and sovereign, And they convinced the emperor that the monastic tradition of Buddhism disrupted those relationships with the monks no longer giving the proper respect to their parents 
and because they were tax exempt, not giving the proper respect to the state. He was also influenced by Taoists and became a bit of a Taoist fanatic himself. He was convinced that the Taoists had the key to immortality. And so he began a persecution of the Buddhists. There was at that time over 4,000 monasteries, Buddhist monasteries in China. There were a quarter of a million or more monks and nuns. And there were tens of thousands of hermitages And by the emperor's decree, these monasteries were closed. The monastery lands were seized. The monastery treasures were seized. Statues were melted down. And monks and nuns were forced to return to lay life. We don't know exactly how old Rinzai was when all of this was going on because his birth date is not recorded. His date of death is recorded as 866, so about slightly more than 20 years after the persecution, and exactly 20 years after the persecution ended. The persecution ended in 846, because the emperor who had been seeking immortality and imbibing the elixirs of the Taoists died. No one knows exactly how. Some people suspect that the elixirs may have contained um, components that were poisonous. Or perhaps he was simply poisoned by somebody as part of a court intrigue. But at any rate, he died. And his successor had a kinder attitude towards Buddhism and overturned most of his edicts. So this is the setting in which Rinzai taught. Rinzai came to the monastery, which was his teaching monastery in 851. 
So he had been a monk perhaps doing pilgrimages during the time of the persecution. And I think knowing this background is helpful to understand the spirit of Rinzai. The master addressed the monks saying, nowadays, those of you who practice Buddha Dharma need to have true insight. Nowadays, nowadays for Rinzai were days of unrest insecurity on a national level. But that's always true. Certainly it was true in the days following the Second World War when Buddhism was brought by people like Edo Roshi, Sasaki Roshi, Suzuki Roshi, to the country that had just recently laid waste to their home nation. So nowadays, is always a time of uncertainty and unrest. And nowadays, it's always, always vital that those who practice Buddha Dharma have true insight. If you have true insight, you will no longer be affected by considerations of life and death, and you will be free to go or stay, to leave the monastery or stay, to leave lay life or stay, to leave this temporary body or stay. You don't have to strive for benefits. Of course, he's not talking about benefits like a 401k and a health plan. He's not even talking about the benefits of good karma that may help you to be reborn in heaven. He's talking about benefits such as the paramitas, generosity, perseverance, energy, wisdom, 
benefits like the boundless qualities of loving kindness and compassion, sympathetic joy and equanimity. You don't have to strive for benefits. Benefits will come by themselves. Followers of the way. Outstanding ancient teachers all had their own methods to liberate people. What I myself want to impress upon you is that you must not be led astray by others. If you want to act, just act. Don't ever be intimidated. This is the essence of Rinzai's teachings. You have the wisdom within you. And there's no reason to walk somebody else's road. You have your own. Be true to yourself and don't be intimidated. You students nowadays don't get it. What is the disease? What do you lack? What is it that is making you so miserable? The disease is a lack of faith in yourself. If you don't have faith in yourself, you will keep on wandering in confusion. This is a wonderful thing to ponder. Faith in yourself, confidence in yourself. How do you have confidence in yourself when you feel yourself overcome by obsession? How do you have confidence in yourself when your body seems to be a mass of pain? How do you have confidence in yourself when you feel yourself paralyzed by fear or by anger, resentment, confusion, regret? 
how do you have faith in yourself under those circumstances? You know, Rinzai never talked about koans. He never cited koans. The koan compilations were made after Rinzai taught. But perhaps this is the great koan for most people. How do I have faith in myself? What do I even mean when I talk about myself? Is this self my pain? Is it my hope? Is it my fear? Is it my obsession? What is the self? And how in the world can I have faith in it? A great natural koan. But if you don't have faith in yourself, you will keep on wandering in confusion. And so the first thing is to stop wandering. The second thing is to stop seeking for anything outside yourself. No matter what the circumstances, if you do not have faith in yourself, you will be controlled and led around by others. You will never find freedom like that. But if you can just stop your continuously seeking mind, then there will be no difference between you and the Buddhas and patriarchs, the Buddhas and the ancestral teachers. If you simply stop your continuously seeking mind, If you simply sit and pay attention, what's going on when you sit? The breath comes in, the breath goes out. Your mind wanders, your attention comes back. You have pain, and then you don't have pain. You think about what you're going to eat. You think about 
what you're afraid of. You think about what you should have done, but didn't, or what you did and shouldn't have. And you're seeking some kind of redemption. And Rinzai says, just stop seeking. Don't run away from what is going on. Your mind being tortured, your body being tortured. Don't run away from that. but use it. Notice the changes. Notice how one thing falls away with time. If you can't muster confidence in yourself, if you can't find faith in yourself, perhaps just find curiosity. What is this? Asking over and over, what is this? This one breath, this one moment, Maybe faith is too big a word. Maybe you can manage kindness or tenderness. Approaching your experience with tenderness, with a kind of love and gentleness. Maybe that's the first step towards faith. Just holding this moment. Watching it. Living it. Learning the lessons that each moment has to teach you. Lessons in patience, in generosity, persistence, discipline. Each moment is teaching you when you do Zazen. You may not be conscious of the lessons, and that's okay. You can have confidence that the lessons are occurring, that even when your mind 
is churning on the surface. Underneath, there's something placid and rich and depthless. And as you sit and watch and let your breath flow in and flow out, the churn will take care of itself. The churn may last a minute or an hour or a day or a week or a month or a year. But if you don't act on it, if you don't feed it, like any fire, it will die. And then you experience this clean, pure light of awareness. If you can just stop your continuously seeking mind, you don't have to stop your continuously seeking mind. You simply have to pay attention to this moment, this breath, this body. And the continuously seeking mind as long as you're staying still and paying attention, will by itself get tired of continuously seeking. And when it gets tired of continuously seeking, then it will stop all by itself. And then there will be no difference between you and the Buddhas and ancestral teachers. Would you like to know the Buddhas and ancestral teachers? There are none other than those of you who are now in front of me, listening to the Dharma. Rinzai wasn't speaking to some special class of monks and Zen students, the really good ones who by nature are Buddhas and patriarchs. He was speaking to people just as confused and muddled and anguished and obsessed and bored and tired 
and achy and grouchy as I'm speaking to right now. And he had no doubt that the people that he was speaking to were no different from the Buddhas and ancestral teachers. And neither do I. Because you students of Dharma don't have enough confidence in yourselves, you search outwardly. But even if you find something through seeking externally, that something is merely words and phrases. You will never get the marrow of the patriarchs that way. Now, this is not to say that you should never read. Rinzai, like most of the Zen masters, had read extensively in the sutras and frequently quoted from them and discussed them. He had read widely in what was called the Vinaya or the, the rules of the monasteries and monastic life. Now he's not saying don't read. Don't try to give yourself a foundation in Buddhist thought Buddhist philosophy, Buddhist psychology. That's not his point. His point is relying on what you've read is like relying on a menu to feed you. You know, if you're planning a bank robbery, it's a good idea to study the, the blueprints of the bank. It's a good thing to know how many bank tellers there are and how many security guards. And if you're planning on digging into the Dharma treasury, it's a good thing to know the blueprints that have been established in the Heart Sutra, the Diamond Sutra, the Lotus Sutra. It's not a bad thing. It's preparation for the role. It's not essential, but it's certainly not a bad thing. It's only a bad thing if you think that that reading And the words of others can open your Dharma eye.
make no mistake virtuous and students. If you don't realize this right now, you will transmigrate in the three realms for 10,000 kalpas and thousands of lives led by your preferences for this or that and find yourselves reborn as a donkey or a cow. If you don't realize this, this, this matter, the Dharma, there aren't any really good words for what this is. But there is certainty that this is not something outside you. It's not something that you have to travel to a mountaintop to attain or go to the bottom of the sea to attain. This is with you every single moment of your day, of your life. This is with you when you're sleeping and it's with you when you're taking a shower or going to the bathroom or eating dinner. It's with you when you're having pain in your knee when you're sitting and you think that you just want to die. It's with you when you are falling asleep in the zendo. It's with you when you are quietly watching your breath. It's with you when you feel yourself being overcome by the weight of your past. Having confidence that this is with you at all times and in all places and under every circumstance. Is vital. But as I said, perhaps confidence is a little bit beyond you right now. Perhaps the best you can manage is persistence. And just doing the same dull task of sitting and watching your breath and believing the words of the teachers that somehow this watching your breath and sitting 
and going deeper and deeper into this present moment. is all you really need to do. When he says you need to realize this right now, right now is the only time that you can realize this. And when you realize this, then you can stop this endless circular journey transmigrating. Followers of the way, as I see it, we are no different from Shakyamuni. Shakyamuni was not the son of God. He was not an angel. He was not anything but a human being who got tired of living in fear and uncertainty got tired of being pushed around by circumstances. Got tired of the three poisons and decided, okay, I'm not moving. That is exactly the moment that he stilled his continuously seeking mind. I'm sitting down and not getting up until I have uncovered this, until I have actualized this until I've seen past the charade and Rinzai says, we are no different from Shakyamuni. We can do this. We can sit down and say no more. No more. No more looking outside and trying to grab onto something. Is there anything you lack in your everyday activities? Is there anything you lack? You have a body, a mind, a heart, a spirit. The rays of divine light never cease shining.
the rays of divine light never cease shining. That's such a beautiful phrase. And it's true. We may not see the rays of divine light as a ray or divine or light. But that doesn't mean that they are not shining. We may, may not experience in our everyday activities the wonder of this. But that doesn't mean that this exists as something outside of our everyday activities. We may be seeking something. And in the seeking, fail to see what is right in front of us. The rays of divine light never cease shining. If you can understand in this way, then you'll just be a person who has nothing to do the rest of your life. Nothing to do the rest of your life. That doesn't mean, of course, that you simply sit for the rest of your life and don't move. Or you abandon the world. But to know that there is nothing that can be added or taken away from this this, this, that the rays of divine light never cease shining, even in our sadness, even in our loss, even in our fear. we can open our eyes and experience what you might like to call God's love or grace. Or as Rinzai says, the rays of divine light. And there's nothing that you have to do to produce that. In fact, you can't produce it. 
you can only appreciate it. Nothing that you can do will produce it. It's the not doing which allows you to appreciate it. Fellow believers, there is no safety in the threefold world. It is like a burning house. That's a quote. He's quoting from the Lotus Sutra. We live in a burning house. With climate change, we understand this in a new way. The world is burning. But it's always been true and it will always be true. Our time here is limited. This body is a temporary body and it will burn itself out. For some of us very soon, for others perhaps in a number of decades, but for each of us, that moment will come. This is no place for you to long linger. The deadly demon of impermanence will be on you in an instant, whether you are rich or poor, old or young. The deadly demon of impermanence. Perhaps part of the task of learning to have faith in yourself and learning to have confidence in yourself has to do with this demon and all of your demons, the demon of impermanence. Perhaps if you can make friends with this demon and make friends with the sense that whatever is right now will soon be gone. Perhaps then you can have faith. To make friends with the marks of existence, the unsatisfactoriness, the impermanence, the not self. If you want to be no different from the patriarchs and Buddhas, then never look for something outside yourselves. You have a full Dharma treasury right now. Nothing needs to be added. 
you can't import greater treasure than what you have right now. The clean, pure light in a moment of your mind. I think everybody who has meditated has had some moment of this clean, pure light. Some moment of not clinging. Some moment of rest. And that one moment is enough, enough to have tasted liberation. Certainly enough to whet your appetite for having that sense of clean, pure light return to nurture you. The clean, pure light in a moment of your mind, that is the essence body of the Buddha inside you. The essence body of the Buddha. Another word for that is the Dharmakaya. But the technical terms are not necessary. You can call it God if you like. This clean, pure light in a moment of your mind, that is God inside of you. That is the Dharmakaya inside of you. That's the essence body of the Buddha inside you. The undifferentiated light in a moment of your mind, that is the bliss body of the Buddha inside you. If you're Christian, you might say the Holy Spirit inside you. It doesn't matter. If you're Buddhist and academically inclined, you would call it the Sambhogakaya. The undiscriminating light in a moment of your mind, that is the transformation body of the Buddha inside you. These wondrous bodies are you. The person listening to this Dharma talk. You don't have to look outside yourself. Right inside you is this experience of Buddhahood, God's grace, if you like those words. Peace, if you like that word. Nirvana if you like that word. But the words don't really matter. That, that moment of clear, pure light, undifferentiated light, non-discriminating light, 
That's what matters. The experience of this. And having experienced this, even for just a moment, you can have faith that this is within you. You can have faith in yourself. You can have confidence in yourself. This light is within you. And if you can't have confidence in yourself right now, have curiosity. What is this light? What is this moment of peace that I experience? What is this? And what is it when it's not there, when I'm afraid, when I'm obsessed, when I'm hurting? What is this? And have tenderness for yourself. These three wondrous bodies are you, the person listening to this Dharma talk. And simply because you do not rush around looking for anything outside yourself, you can command these fine faculties. So please, you have another day slightly more than 24 hours left in this session. A little more than 24 hours during which you can stop rushing around looking for anything outside yourself. Those 24 hours that you can experience this And even if only five minutes of those 24 hours are marked by this clean, pure light, of the non-discriminating mind, Hold those five minutes in your heart. And have confidence. Have faith in yourself. That light is inside you. You don't have to look outside. You don't have to rush. You don't have to move. That light is there with you. Enjoy it. Enjoy the ease and grace of sitting. Of not seeking.
This has been a Zen Study Society podcast. If you found it to be of interest, please consider making a donation by visiting zenstudies.org donate. Thank you for listening.